Good morning. I'm Donna Quinn, and for the next half hour, you'll be listening to Talk of Our Towns. This month, today, on Talk of Our Towns, we'll be exploring the theme, Crossing the Divide with Heartfelt Compassion. Can we learn new ways of being in the world, a world which seems more divided now than ever before, perhaps? How can we cultivate kindness and generosity of spirit in ourselves and in others? Today, my guests are Astoria-based internal family systems therapist and trainer, Caitlin Stecker, and Caitlin has invited her good friend of 45 years, fellow therapist and emeritus professor, clinical associate professor at University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee Helen Bader School of Social Welfare and Social Work, Jerry Rousseau, to join us in this conversation today. Good morning, Caitlin. Good morning, Donna. Good to be with you. It's nice to have you here on the phone as well, the wonders of technology, and good morning, Jerry in Milwaukee. Good hmm. morning, Donna. Good morning, Caitlin, and good morning to everybody listening. Ah, it's great yep. there. Indeed. Well, uh, I am excited to see where this conversation takes us today, crossing the divide with heartfelt compassion and what that means to you all. However, before we begin talking about that, please Tell the listening audience a bit about yourselves, and, and Caitlin, let's just start with you, please. Okay. Well, um, as you said, I'm here in Astoria and have been in practice here for 33 years now, and before that in Madison, Wisconsin, and that's where Jared and I met first on the first day of graduate school at UW-Madison, and I also um, am now training uh, therapists around the country and joyfully sometimes in Canada in the internal family systems model, which is a systemic model of healing and therapy that uh, really does work with how we can make our own internal system more peaceful, more connected, um, healthier processes of understanding within, which will very much translate <clears throat> to our subject today, because what's going on inside also is how we experience often outside. Good. Thank so, you. Yes. Okay. And Jerry, please tell the listening audience about yourself. Well, thank you, Donna. I'm a licensed clinical social worker, and I've been fortunate and blessed to be able to be working with people in the field of mental health, behavioral health, for the last 50 years. And over that course of time, I have uh, been trained in a number of humanistic psychotherapy models that are really based upon the, the concept of helping people really learn more about themselves and develop the skills necessary in order to engage life and engage other people in a, in a heartfelt way. And you have lived in Milwaukee. Is that where you were born and raised? Has that your, been your home for many years? I'm a Wisconsinite. I'm in Milwaukee, which is uh, the largest city in the state. I was born and raised way up north on Lake Superior in a city of about 10,000 people called Ashland. I moved to Madison in 1966 and moved to Milwaukee in 1982. 
Well, I have always enjoyed meeting people from Wisconsin. I have found them to be just gracious, lovely people. There's something in the water in Wisconsin. Well, we are from the heartland, you know, and uh, we're very proud of that. And uh, I'm blessed to have been from Wisconsin. Excellent. Well, thank you for being on the phone with us today. I know it's a couple of hours later there. So let's start off, Caitlin. Let me ask you, what does this mean Crossing the Divide with Heartfelt Compassion. Well, um, for me, I think that the reason that this is a worthy topic to spend some time with is because actually we are, as human um, beings, actually hardwired, and I would say wired in in all different ways to connect, and yet often the early experiences that we have in our life disturb that experience of connection. And that's a whole area Jerry and I've, you know, worked on for many years around early attachment and the effects that it has on our later relationships. And because of that, often by the time we're in adulthood, we've developed a lot of ways of taking care of the experiences we had when we were young that actually cause us to feel threatened and uncomfortable with connection and with being able to develop relationships. So it ends up coming out in our societal and our, you know, community experiences often, the ways that we got disconnected that continue to come up in our life. So being able to find the ways to, to heal and to be able to come to our life as an adult or even, you know, as a kid, um, because I work with a lot of adolescents as well that are working on this theme, it's really important for the sense of our own satisfaction in life, a sense of purpose, and to really be able to go to bed at the end of the day and feel like it's been a good day. Yes. And, and at some point, I'd love us to discuss the idea that some people may say, well, I don't want to cross the divide. I'm very happy just in my bubble. But that's something we can discuss later. But, Jerry, yeah. what does that mean to you, crossing the divide with heartfelt compassion? Throughout my 72 years on this earth, I've really come to believe that uh, basically the cultivation of what I call heartfelt, compassionate relationships is really at the heart and soul of human experience. And I go way back to when I was born, 1948, up in Ashland, Wisconsin. I'm an only child. And uh, winters were pretty long up in Ashland on Lake Superior. We didn't have a TV set till I was 12, 13 years of age. And so I really needed, as an only child, I needed to find ways to develop relationships with other people uh, in order to substitute for not having brothers and sisters. And uh, as I've grown through life, um, you know, I'm one of the uh, people who was on campus during the Vietnam period, and I really found that it was critically important to develop ways to talk from our hearts with compassion with each other. Um, I truly believe that the connections we develop with each other basically set the tone for the community we live in, the country we live in, and the world we live in. And so rather than just talking from an intellectual perspective, I think it's important for us to really tune into the way we feel in our hearts 
and find very compassionate ways to communicate with our fellow human beings. Uh, and at the basis of that, I think we're all quite similar. We're all simply trying to find our way through life in the best way possible. Yes, and what about those folks who might say, well, I want to just surround myself with people who are of like mind because I don't want the the anxiety that it will bring to try to have a conversation with someone who, who is of a different belief system or whatever. So why why should people want to cross the divide? Well, I don't think I would necessarily say that people should. I, I think what Jerry's saying is that there's a certainly a reward um, in that that's possible. Often, though, we need to start. It's like we kind of have to start at home, and maybe that means literally we have to start inside of ourselves. And so if someone's saying that that's, as you described it, Donna, what they're wanting to me, then I want to really support that and and be able to understand that, that that is an important beginning or maybe even for a long time the way a person develops their sense of connection with their own hearts, which will later, I believe, over time, it's a natural progression, as Jerry was saying, to being able to find the ways to connect from our deeper selves with others that are very different than us ultimately as well. So I, I really respect someone who's saying, well, that's, that's that whole, you know, crossing the divide thing isn't where I'm at right now. And that's, that's cool. I also, as Caitlin has said, I have full respect and support people who basically say, you know, it's just too much work for me to try to reach out to other people. I know there are times when I'm overwhelmed with certain social events or maybe personal events, and I too need to take a step away from things. However, I do believe that by and large, we are social creatures and that we seek to find ways to relate to other people. We are dependent on other people in just a myriad of ways, and I find that when people uh, have an interest, and there are skills necessary in order to talk with people that may disturb us. And I think it's important for people to realize that there are places where they can learn how to communicate more effectively, which will, to some extent, lessen that sense of anxiety about engaging other people. Yes, and you have said that you think we need people to disturb us, and that neuroscience, you know, the research on neuroscience shows that, you know, as we are disturbed, I think you said, Caitlin, it grows our capacity to live a full life. Yeah, the the way in which we can now see the activity of the brain that um, just in the last 30 years is letting us know that any uh, one novelty, anything that we experience that's new and asks us to be really awake, um, grows additional circuits in our brain. And actually, the neuroscience folks are saying that relationships where we're with people that we don't know what they're going to say next, that there's a, a kind of spontaneity is actually the greatest way to grow that circuitry. And that when we have that experience and we have that growing that happens, um, one of the incredible studies is that you can, that they did autopsies of these brains of um, these folks that um, 
dedicated themselves to science in that way and found out that these people had Alzheimer's or dementia. And because of the way that they lived with learning new things and interacting at a very deep and personal level with a lot of different people, they actually didn't show any signs of dementia um, in their in their life. And yet their brain actually had that happening. It's just that it was able to compensate so well. Hmm. It's pretty exciting. Well, I think it's incredibly exciting. And um, again, I just want to come back to mm-hmm. what I said before about how we are social creatures. And essentially, we need each other in order to have um, a better experience of being alive. I also think it's important that we find ways to ease into conversations. We don't have to just jump into the thick of something that could be incredibly disturbing to each other. Um, I know that uh, when I moved into my neighborhood, um, I would engage in conversation about all kinds of things, not necessarily things that would disturb us. And it really helped develop uh, relationships with the neighbors that live around me here in a suburb where people tend to keep to themselves pretty much. Hmm. Oh, good. Thank you, Jerry. And uh, I'll just take a moment to do a quick station ID. If you've just tuned in, you're listening to Talk of Our Towns. I'm your host, Donna Quinn. Today we are exploring the theme, Crossing the Divide, with heartfelt compassion. And my guests are Caitlin Stecker. She is an Astoria-based internal family systems therapist and trainer. And uh, we also have on the line her very dear friend of 45 years, uh, fellow therapist and uh, emeritus clinical associate professor at University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee Helen Bader School of Social Welfare and Social Work, Jerry Rousseau. He is also on the line. Well, you have both alluded to the fact that we need to be able to connect with ourselves first. It's pivotal if we want to connect with others. However, um, when we're in a situation where we may be with folks who, I mean, we know will not share our perspective on life in, in maybe some very important ways to us. Um, how how can we not be defensive and how can we, you know, uh, open our hearts and and not feel threatened by perhaps what their belief system would be? I don't think well, we could ever totally stop ourselves from feeling a certain sense of anxiety or having defensiveness start within us. What I do think is quite possible, though, is that we can develop an ability to check in with ourselves to notice when we're beginning to feel anxious or we're beginning to have some kind of threat and we're beginning to put together an argument to counter the other person's position. And that's when we can intervene and slow things down by just focusing on a very simple uh, aspect of life, and that's breathing. Breathing is a way to really help calm us down and not get us into that position where we feel like we have to defend or protect ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. And I I would add that um, as you're describing that, um, Donna, I I think about it's like what what's our motivation when we do enter a contact with someone, um, a conversation, and, and to be – really clear about what's what is motivating us and if it is that we want to connect then being able to 
find the ways that we can keep reminding ourselves that that is our motivation really, really helps. Um, and I have to say, you know, one of the reasons, well, probably the major, main, big reason that um, I wanted Jared to be able to be part of this process is because he's probably taught me uh, um, more than anybody um, in my life about um, real heartfelt conversation. I really consider him a master. And um, the thing that he and I have learned over all these years and all the times that we've had these um, times when we've had to really work through something that's happened in our connection is that um, I think both of us have always kind of gone into that with the idea that we really matter to each other and our relationship really matters to each of us and that we're willing to, in a sense, let our defensiveness know that this is somebody that ultimately we love and we want connection with. And it makes all the difference in being able to be vulnerable in a way that often our system feels very threatened by and afraid of, but when we know why we're doing it, it can really help. I also want to add thank you for that, Caitlin. I want to say that uh, what the two of us, the three of us, are talking about here, this is something that's not just coming from a theoretical base. Uh, as you said, Caitlin, you and I have actually lived through the ways that we have disturbed each other. And if mm -hmm. there's one sense of encouragement that I could really offer people who are listening to this, it's to say that I don't think it gets any better when you can go into a difference with somebody and you can have a trust that you're going to find your way to the other side of it, and the two of you are going to actually feel a deeper sense of connection by having gone through that. Absolutely. Yes, and you said earlier that people need to be heard, but if we're humiliated and defensive, then we can't learn, we can't hear, we can't be open. Right. Yeah, that was Martin Luther King who actually said that as he was training people to go into the protests. He, he really um, emphasized the idea that if you approach someone with the idea that you're going to shame or humiliate them and, or prove them wrong, they'll never be able to either hear you or, or have any experience of learning in the, in, the, in the process that they are experiencing with you. And so I think it is really important, um, and what Jerry was saying, too, I was thinking as you were talking, Jerry, that probably maybe thinking about the idea of practicing, like we have, Jerry, for 45 years, um, this idea of repair when something comes up and there feels like this huge chasm has opened up between you with someone in your life, to practice being able to process that and to be able to come through to the place where, like Jerry said, we have, I don't even know, could not count as many times as we've had that experience where moving through that has left us feeling closer and more connected and more sure of our, our relationship than we were before. And so maybe practicing with the people that you really feel you can trust and you know are in your life um, for the, the long term um, can be a way of then developing some capacity to believe you could do that with people that maybe you don't have that security with. I, I think, think you have... Yeah, go ahead, Jerry. 
I think that's uh, it. Really, is very central, Caitlin. Is we want to build on the ability to communicate with people that maybe we have differences with. So we start with people that we have a connection with, and that we have some real strong basis of uh, of connection, and we can yep. build from that. I fully agree with you, Caitlin. Yeah. Well, I know yeah. you have both said that we need to strive to be curious. That 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 if we that 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 we're not trying to convince someone of something. That we're just if we want to try to understand someone or cross the divide with someone who has a very different uh, approach, if they're willing to do that, that then it's really about paying deep attention and having curiosity without a hidden agenda. Yeah, and I, you know, I guess I do really want to speak for the idea that often if we're dealing with a time when our system kind of wants to blame somebody or or, uh, take us out of relationship with someone or shut us down, that ultimately that's something that we're experiencing because, again, I mean, honestly, we're not born that way. Babies aren't born defensive. If we develop defenses, it's because we experienced things that caused us to feel that we were in a threatening experience and had to become in some way protected. And so if that happens in our later relationships, that means that those defenses from the past are coming up trying to help us. And if we can turn toward those and imagine a a young child scared that if their parent doesn't care for them, they're going to die. And literally, it can feel like that as a child, and it's real on some level. If you don't get those people to take care of you, you're, you're not going to survive. That, that we really appreciate and have compassion for who's scared inside of us. And until we can connect with that, it's very hard to be open-hearted and, trans, you know, um, what do you call that, transparent, yes, and, and vulnerable if a part of us is just signaling fear, 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 you know, being unsafe. So the turning toward, and as Jerry said, breathing and being able to really, again, remember and look around and see where we are, orient ourselves to present time, those are capacities and skills that we can can develop to allow us to have more choice about how we respond in a relationship. Well, Jerry, you... Go ahead, Jerry. I want to add, too, that uh, what we're talking about here, and life in general, is not meant to be practiced perfectly. Trying to be perfect just really wrings the spirit and life out of anything we do. So I just want to say, too, I think it's really important to consider that if we say something, if we're reactive in a way that's off-putting to another person, we can always do what Caitlin mentioned and do a repair, and we can say, uh, look, I apologize. I think I just caught, caught up in my reactivity there, but I want to apologize for what I just said. You know, I didn't really have an intention of uh, hurting your feelings or offending you. Yes, I, I think it's important today in these last few minutes that we talk about the the idea that yeah, you two have have. Um, stated that it's very important. We need differences to expand our perspective. We need that the, the oyster needs the grit to make the pearl, that we need disturbance uh, to grow. And, uh, and, and how are there any resources that you might suggest for 
for folks about how to do that because um, how, how do we deepen our curiosity? How do we um, become more comfortable with disturbance and different views? Well, I want to put in a good word for an organization called Braver Angels. And Braver Angels basically has come together. It's a national organization. Uh, there are chapters all over the country. And they're basically wanting to help people find ways to understand each other's point of view, even if we don't agree with it. So you can go to BraverAngels.com. They have online programs. They have uh, skills that they offer to people that people can pick up and learn. So that's what I would recommend is checking out an organization like Braver Angels. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. and then I would um, just add that this idea of being able to really cultivate our own sense of safety in the world so that we can feel that we can open our hearts and practice connection and 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 grow our hearts is to um, one thing you can just Google is the polyvagal theory and polyvagal exercises that allow us to feel safe and secure in our bodies. And um, also a particular book that um, they really have a hard time keeping in stock right now anywhere, but you can get it, is uh, Resma Menikin's book, My Grandmother's Hands. And he's a trauma therapist who has applied all of this polyvagal and his learning to how we can come in relationship to one another um, and heal what's happened to us early in our life that may have created an activation in our nervous system that tells us we're in danger and then we respond out of that. And when we heal that, again, we have much more opportunity to connect with people from a place of safety and security. Mm, yes, because it is threatening sometimes to be with people who are of different, uh, who have different ideas about the world, and and we're, and we all and people can become very convinced that they have the right the right way to look at things. So, so um, this is so fascinating. We could talk for an hour, but we only. I, I want to give each of you a, a minute or two here to to say anything. Last thing that perhaps we didn't talk about. So, which one of you would like to go first? And I wish we could. The show were a lot longer. Well, I just want to come back to what I said before, and that is uh, that basically cultivating these heartfelt connections with other people, even though they may come in the face of dealing with differences, they offer what I would consider a, a sense of relationship richness that is incredibly important for us in our individual lives and in our communities and in the world. And I also, um, with that, yes, Jer, um, it really is the essence of, of how we're hardwired in our brains to connect. And also, um, if you read this incredible book, Sapiens, um, the idea that the reason that we're in the position we are in on the earth is because we're the only species that knows how to cooperate in larger groups over time. And... And so it's been our survival, and um, I would say that we're at a place in our development where now we have to even learn it at a deeper level and to be, include, be able to include not just the tribes around us, but all of the tribes on the planet that we can see ourselves connected 
and that we have something um, in, uh, for our common welfare. And um, it will help us and our children and grandchildren and our earth to cultivate those capacities. Oh, thank you both so very much. We'll have to do this again. There are many topics yeah. that we could explore for sure. Jerry, thank you so much. Again, I'm so grateful to have uh, Jerry Rousseau. Uh, he's an uh, emeritus clinical associate professor at University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee Helen Bader School of Social Welfare and Social Work. Caitlin Stecker, um, our own Astoria IFS uh, family systems therapist and trainer. And thank you both so much for making the time to to let us know about resources and, and ways that we can look at things perhaps in a different way. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks, Donna, for being the best interviewer I know. Yeah. <laughs> <Amen>. Well, <laughs> well mm -hmm. thank you. And I want to thank all the listeners of Coast Community Radio and thank you, Nevada, for uh, the technological wonders that you perform at the station, and and also my gratitude to local talented banjo instructor Michael Brun for his original theme music for this program. Until next week, find a moment for yourself today. In fact, right now, let's all take a very deep breath together. It is so good for body, mind, and spirit. And then with gratitude, focus on the things that are going well in your life. There will always be things that aren't going well. Focus on those things that are with gratitude. And then give yourself a loving and compassionate hug or a pat on the back for being uniquely you, for doing the best you can, and for being here now in this moment on the amazing planet we call Earth.